Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of ESPN Cricket Post Stump Mike and uh, we are coming to you after the first Border Gavaskar test came to an end uh, the series is finally upon us India win big Ravi Shastri is in commentary again test cricket is well and truly alive but like it was always alive I would argue do Australia have a lot of thinking to do to answer all this and more we have two people who saw the action up close straight up in Nagpur First up is Alex Malcolm who flew into Nagpur from Australia via Delhi and will soon go back to Delhi for the next test. Uh, Alex, how has it been so far in India for you? Uh, yeah, it's been great, Kostava. Nice to speak with you. It's been fantastic. Great experience. It's uh, my first time in India and yeah, Delhi was a, a, an interesting experience and now Nagpur has been fantastic. I've been able to get out to the ground, watch watch the, the game and training and also I've been able to get into town and see see the sights around Nagpur. So it's been a great trip so far. Uh, how, how would you think this test is being received compared to how the previous Border Gavaskar series took place, right? Because it was under COVID restrictions. It's looking damn energetic. So like, are you able to see the energy on ground as well? Yeah, it's just felt like a normal uh, test match in terms of what I would experience at home. The fans have been there and making plenty of noise and uh, there's been no restrictions or, or issues to deal with. It's felt very normal. It's felt like... We're getting back to sort of pre-pandemic type test cricket where the atmosphere is there and the crowd was excellent, particularly yesterday. There was certainly a lot more atmosphere in the ground than there probably was the first two days uh, when India had their tails up and, and Ashwin was scything his way through Australia's batting lineup. So, yeah, it's great to be here. It's great to experience Indian cricket in India. It's just something special. There's something magical about it. There's, there's no real comparison to it anywhere around the world. So, joining us... For this is Karthik Krishnaswamy, who has already written two fantastic pieces on Ravi Chandranashwin and Jadeja on their role with the ball. Uh, Karthik, are you going to write like a third piece on Akshar Patel to complete the triumvirate? Maybe at some point uh, later in the series. He didn't really get to bowl that much, but uh, played a really good innings, but didn't bowl that much. We'll wait for that. And like, how has it been for you, the crowds in Nagpur? Like, does it feel like a return to the previous normal? Yeah, it does actually. And uh, I've covered a lot of games in Nagpur and uh, this was, I think, the biggest test crowds I've witnessed here. So there's clearly like some excitement for an India-Australia test series and that was great to see. So like, I would like to get into the test, but uh, before we get into the test, we can start talking about what happened just before. Like we literally got ball-by-ball updates before the match began with the pitch, right? Like, uh, like it was being watered in one side and there's more grass here and there's uh, less mud on the other side. Like we got like literally like I would say minute by minute updates of what's happening there. Is it always uh, such a big deal? Like turning pitches in India do get a lot of I would say media attention but I would always I would think like it's like a media thing and not like something that people actually care about. Like did it feel like we got undue attention before the test this time around? Yeah, I think the Australian team were definitely... Uh, paying a lot of attention to the surface, to what was happening with it, and potentially overthought what the issues were, and maybe maybe had it in their heads about how much the ball was going to turn, as opposed to playing what they saw and playing the conditions that were in front of them. It was certainly a big deal to them. Uh, they did downplay it a little bit. They were, they, and they're not too concerned about the preparation of the pitch itself. They they were accepting and and quite happy for India to prepare a pitch that suited them. That's what happens in world cricket. Teams prepare pitches that suit them in their home conditions. That wasn't a, an issue for them at all. It was a bit of a media beat-up from an Australian perspective because I think culturally it's a little bit different in Australia where the curators or the ground staff, the head 
the head ground staff at any of the major test venues are, are pretty independent of Cricket Australia. They don't really get told what to present as far as the pitch goes. Uh, they, they get full control over their test pitch and they try and produce the best pitch that they possibly can independent of any instruction, which is obviously different to what it is here. And it was quite clear that there was some direction from BCCI staff and people involved in Team India to, to prepare a pitch here that suited that team. And that's that's not a problem from the Australian team's perspective. But it certainly was a talking point amongst the Australian media and then obviously the Australian fans back home. But the Australian team did did have a good long look at what was going on and it certainly did affect the way they selected their team. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it turned quite a lot, I would say. There was quite a bit of uh, natural variation, but because it was slow, it wasn't like a raging minefield, certainly not the first two days. And uh, I think what was different about this pitch compared to everything else is how it seemed to have been prepared, keeping in mind, you know, the opposition's batting composition. It's unusual that a, a team has uh, that many left-handers in their top order, and it seemed seemed specifically designed to target the left-hand batters. It didn't really play out that way, particularly because since it was such a low-bounce type pitch, India's left-arm spinners made a real effort to, you know, attack the stumps and they bowled mostly from around the wicket to the left-handers, which meant they were pitching within the uh, stump-to-stump area rather than outside off-stump, which was where all the concern was leading up to the test. So, those areas hardly played much of a role at all. The fuss that was made about it was, I think, because of how it looked and... Uh, there seemed to be a clear intent to maximise India's home advantage with Australia's composition in mind. But it didn't quite pan out in the way we uh, kind of expected it to. And like it, like you have both teams who had to play on the same pitch, right? So like it's... And India's batting against spin isn't that amazing compared to how it was like a couple of years ago, right? So like or if India also play badly on a, on a pitch like this, then... Like, it's not going to bode well for them also. So, it, like, it did feel like they were talking a lot about it. But uh, as the match panned out, like, the cricket took centre stage, right? So, a couple of things with your question. One is that it's, I think it's tossed around very casually by a lot of people that India's batting against spin isn't as good as it used to be. What I'd say to that is in the first decade of the 2000s, which is the era you're probably referring to, when you had like all those big name batters, pitches in India tended to be much flatter than they are now. Their records must be viewed in that context. There were quite a few like turning tracks as well, but they were kind of spaced apart. You don't, now you get like sharply turning tracks more regularly. When there are flat pitches, like India's batters continue to dominate overseas spinners at home. They, I mean, and they do it even on pitches like this, as you saw in this game. So it's a bit of a, you know, myths that India's batting has isn't that great against spin or whatever it was. It is as good or as as whatever as it used to be back then is all I'd say. Rohit Sharma played like a fantastic innings indeed. Rohit Sharma is a great player of spin. So like, uh, I but point taken. Like barring say a couple of like those like the Bombay Test from that 2005 series, right, where there was a lot of like hoopla on the pitch. It's like I I hear you. Uh, so like getting into the match, apart from say winning the toss, like nothing really went right for Australia. Uh, and like it's a good toss to win, right? Like you're at the away team, and like you get to decide like how to dictate the game, and you win the toss. You decide to bat first, and uh, starting from there itself, like why was Travis had dropped? Like he has done well at home, sure, and uh, that doesn't necessarily translate 
into playing well away as well but that seemed like he's one of the best batters right now in tests so selections from both sides even from india we had uh, surya kumar yadav debuting uh, instead of uh, say trying to slot in like shubman gill who does play test cricket even though he won't open like like that's also another call that india took so starting with australia like why what did you all make of the playing 11 so as to speak and then we can take it from there day by day uh well the reason travis head was dropped was because australia wanted to pick a very specific horses for courses team they are very keen both from a bowling and batting perspective to pick the best players for the condi- conditions that present themselves. Uh, Travis Head has obviously been outstanding at home. He was player of the series in the Ashes series in 2021-22 at home and was simply outstanding making two wonderful hundreds in Brisbane and, and in Hobart and then last summer he averaged 87.5 across five test matches. He made a huge hundred in Adelaide. He made an unbelievable 92 on a on a raging green seamer that was fast and bouncy at the Gabba against South Africa. He made two half centuries also in his last uh, two test innings against South Africa at the MCG and also in Sydney. Uh, but his play against spin is is really really poor really in these conditions. He had a horrible run in the five tests in Pakistan and Sri Lanka last year. He averaged 15 and made just 91 runs across those two series. Uh he 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 just didn't have a plan. He was troubled in terms of getting caught on the crease. He didn't know how to defend, he didn't know how to attack and really got got caught in a um in no man's land and then as a result there was real concerns about him coming in to this series about how he would handle both Ashwin and Jadeja and also Akshar uh and clearly in the lead up to the test match in the camp in Allahabad in Bangalore um uh or Bangalore he um he he didn't bat particularly well he didn't didn't really find a method that that allowed him to train well and and control spin in those training environments and so there was some real concern and when the pitch turned up uh what it did in terms of its appearance and what the concerns were outside the left-handers off stump then Australia were very very concerned about picking five left-handers in their top 7 and um, they were going to always bring Peter Hanscom in as a, as a result of that uh, and not because Cameron Green was unavailable to balance out the left right combination and so one of Renshaw head had to make way and and purely on um play against spin and what they'd seen in the nets and what they'd seen from head uh last year they made the decision that head wasn't the right option and Renshaw has obviously been here before he played in 2017 opening the batting he did a reasonable job he made two half centuries he also played in Bangladesh in 2017 so he's got experience in these conditions uh has played in Australia A tour for uh Australia A against India in India. So that was the reason why uh head wasn't picked. It was a it was a head scratch and no pun intended. Um and it's had significant flow on effects in terms of the composition of the team moving forward and the competi- um and the sort of morale within the team. I think there's some serious discussions now about uh how he will come back and uh he was very unhappy it seemed and the coach intimated that uh today when he spoke to the media that Trev Travis had disagreed with that decision. So that's the reason why and and uh whether or not it was the right call or not um in hindsight really Renshaw just didn't do what he was expected to do. I'm not sure head would have made much of a difference to be honest, but um it's had flow on effects as a result. The appearance of the pitch clearly played some part in India's thinking as well. Perhaps in their training sessions uh they did see a spark as well and you know from what he's done in T20 cricket but also in the Ranji Trophy's last game on a like a proper turning track against Saurashtra he made 95 i think something like that a really quick 
in a low scoring game and uh, all of that must have played a part in india thinking that you know on a turning track they didn't have rishabh pant either so you know there's a tight situation where a quick 50 odd a quick 70 would you know could change the game that must have led them into uh, selecting surya kumar ahead of gil and uh, rohit hinted before on the day before the game that uh, this would happen when he said you know we'll take brave calls and it'll be horses for courses he didn't get that many runs and he played loose shot to get out a line but uh, you know that can happen and you know it's just one inning so that doesn't either vindicate or uh, say that you know the decision was wrong in any way it's not a wrong decision like same way for i would say it's a call that they took for travis head as well right like at that moment you look you look at the pitch and like okay you know what i will pick these guys and it's not to slight Sky's ability in any way. Like you need two players to play the role Pant played. Right? Like Yas Bharat is a good wicketkeeper against spin. But uh, it's the discussion is like same with Travis said that if you scored like a mountain of runs beforehand, like Gill is in exceptional form across formats. Would you just keep Gill as your backup for KL and Rohit in case either get injured and if he gets fit, Yas comes in in place of Surya Kumar Yadav. Like it's just as straightforward as that, and we are the ones overthinking it. I think I think if Yas is fit, he'll play and uh, Surya Kumar will drop out. If not. I mean, uh, it was a horses for courses call, and if the Delhi pitch is a little different, they may think of Gill. But having given him just one go, I don't think they leave him out unless conditions are dramatically dif- different. So I'm expecting either Shreyas if he's fit or Surya Kumar to play in Delhi. So like after the toss, like we basically saw Australia fold under Ravindra Jadeja's first test afterwards, July twenty, I think July twenty twenty two after he scored that hundred in England. Like it's his first proper test match. right and uh, played really well and got like like a like a fifer trapped everybody nobody could read what he was doing using the crease really well you had said so in your piece that like this is something he has been working on for like quite a while and uh, uh, like the adjectives that are used right like you have ashwin who thinks a lot but uh, jadeja is the is the guy who will just like keep hitting the same spot again and again and again tireless and uh, i want to get into the piece sure like about like how you view jadeja but before that it's the whole controversy that or the controversy i should say about the cream and uh, how it was picked up like at the end of the day's play by one camera shot and uh, like i i i felt like just be- like because australia were losing the plot a little bit right and uh, you're just looking at like some kind of diversion to like point out point to something and say hey like this is like this is why we are not doing well like they didn't say that for sure but the media around it was making that noise right uh, so basically the uh, there was footage of ravindra jadeja asking for something from ashwin and and i think siraj right and siraj came uh, uh, gave him a cream which he applied on his hands which later turned out it to be something for his calluses right which happens while bowling but it did kick up a bit of a storm so india had to issue a clarification the next day in the morning before the play began so like alex like how, how did how did you react to that like just seeing it going in real time uh, yeah it was unusual i've seen uh, i've seen bowlers use callus cream or callus ointment uh, before i've seen bowlers apply it uh, off off the field uh, in dressing rooms and then I, i don't know if i've ever seen it applied on the field where a bowler has walked over and and had it on the back of the palm of a, a teammate to use in the run I don't think I've ever seen that but I've definitely seen bowlers do it in breaks and use it 
um, to either soothe calluses or um, prevent them from splitting, which can, can happen to guys, particularly in Jadeja's case, where he hasn't done a lot of bowling recently and then he ramps up his bowling loads quite a lot. Finger spinners, when they go from zero... Uh, or no low bowling loads to a lot of heavy overs, then then they can certainly get some calluses and some problems on their fingers. And when they split, it can become very very painful. Um, so I have seen that before. I just I haven't seen a player uh, walk over to a teammate and and apply it like that and do it in quite what I felt was quite a subtle manner. And obviously he has been. Um, fined in the aftermath, 25% of his match fee and handed a demerit point uh, for breaching the ICC's code of conduct for players uh, as a result of not notifying the umpires that he was doing that. So I think that's probably more the issue from the Australian team. If the, the, I don't think they've got any problem with the cream being used, but he should be notifying uh, the umpires that... Um, he was using that. And the same thing's going to apply actually for Mitchell Stark if he comes back in the Delhi test. He may have to field with a splint on his finger, on his middle finger, because he's got some tendon damage, but he won't be able to wear that splint while he's bowling. He'll have to take it off. So he'll be checking that with the umpires as he's doing it. So that was really the only concern um, as far as what happened with Jadeja. And I don't think the Australians ever thought for a moment that what whatever might have been put on his finger had anything to do with why they were bowled out for 177. So that just came down to like poor application. Uh, pretty much, yeah. And, and Jadeja's skill level—he just doesn't let—he just doesn't let you breathe as a batter. And the the, uh, the Australian batters talk about it like he's just so accurate. He's always at you. He doesn't drop short. And even if he does, because of his low height and his low arm action, the ball doesn't sit up um, as it might do in Australia. The low bounce means it never gets over the stump height, so you can't play cross bat shots against him. And we had a conversation with Shane Watson in the lead up to this series about some of the issues of trying to play a cross bat shot, cross bat pull shots and cross bat uh, cut shots against Shadeja and he just warned Australia's batters not to do that because he's run aground trying to do that in India in test matches previously so there's no real option to score off the back foot because he's so quick too, he's up around 93, 94 95 kilometres an hour and then on the front foot like one's going to turn and one's going to slide on and that was the issue Steve Smith faced, he got beaten on the inside having uh, had a couple of balls turn away and threaten his outside edge a couple of balls before that. It's just incredible skill level, incredible accuracy, uh, and it's just unrelenting, and it's so hard for Australia to attack that in those conditions. They just can't trust the spin. They can't trust the bounce, and, and it, it's so difficult. It looks a lot easier from afar, from our couch or from the media box, but when you're out there in that cauldron, to f- try and find a way to score is incredibly difficult, and and Australia need to find some answers to it because um, unless they do, there's no chance of getting back in this series. Yeah, Karthik, you can take it from there. I'll put the link to the piece in the show notes for sure. But like, uh, what did you make of like just the evolution of Jadeja over the years? I think this has happened. Uh, this happened very quickly. I think like even he made his Test debut uh, 2012-13 season, and I think by 2016-17 he was bowling kind of like this, you know. Where he was always accurate, but he added a lot more, you know, subtlety to his bowling through his use of the crease, through his change of pace every now and then as well. So, yeah, and uh, I was just, on the first day, I thought that he might bowl, you know, fewer overs than Ashwin and Akshar because, you know, he's just coming back after a long time and uh, an injury to his landing knee, right? And uh, during that, game where he returned in the Ranji Trophy in Chennai, he told the media that, you know, he was trying to kind of feel his way back into confidence. And yeah, 
Sure, I think he got a 7-4 in that game. But you would still think there's a test match and, uh, you know, uh, they'll kind of bring him back to his full workload a little slowly. But on day one of the series, he was like, he's never gone away. The, the fitness level is incredible for one thing. And uh, after getting a Pfeiffer, like the next day you have like Rohit Sharma scoring like a fantastic 100, right? But uh, again, it, it the match didn't, like he held the top order, sure. But uh, the match turned because Akshar Patel and uh, Jadeja batted through, right? And scored 70 and 80, right? So like his, it, honestly, in his comeback game, he is... Not it, It's almost like he never left, you're right. I would say his batting was a lot more important than his bowling. Like, bo- like I would assume someone like Ashwin or Akshar Patel, if you are giving uh, Jadeja less overs, right, because of his workload, then they would pick up the slack. And, like, they're quality bowlers. They, they will, like, uh, figure out how to bowl around Jadeja. But I would say his batting is what, like, was the difference between the two sides. Because you expected... Jadeja to pick up wickets anyway, but he got like what a 70 exactly when the team needed it the most. And like that 70 plus Patel's, I think, what uh, 84 85 odd is what put India gave a total of 400 for India. So, yeah, you mentioned that his batting may have been uh, more uh, important than his bowling. I wouldn't say that. I mean, he set the game up with those five wickets in the first innings. And yeah, I get your point about like, Ashwin and Akhtar picking up this lap, but I thought Ashwin. Took a little bit of time on day one to, you know, find his bearings and kind of uh, figure out the pace and lengths he needed to bowl. And Akshar was a little bit below his best, I thought. He got hit for a few fours by Smiths. And uh, his length, he started off well in his first spell. But then came back and, you know, bowled a few half volleys and stuff. So, Jadija was, was incredible. Like, he was on the money from that first ball which he beat Labushain's edge with. From then to, you know, the end of Australia's innings, he was just relentless. So, that was the the spell of the match and that was what set everything up. His batting, you know, for more than 5-6 years, he's been like this. Especially in India and lately overseas as well. Like, he very seldom gets out early. Uh, he's at least going to be there and face 50 balls. And he'll get 30. He'll get 30 phases, 50 balls. He's not going to like, like, he will try and make a shot. He just trusts his defense, you know. He trusts his defense when he first came into the side. And this was a long time ago now. Like, he didn't. And he used to be a bit of a slogger. Now he's like, you know, I know I can survive any kind of bowling. And so he trusts that. And he's got the shots as well. He's a lovely timer of the ball when he drives. He just did what he usually does. And that's what a performance that was. Yeah, so uh, Todd Murphy looked damn good and he, it seems to be like there's a small history of uh, spinners that India have no idea about coming over here from Australia and having career best figures all of a sudden, right? And like that long-standing tradition, even though it's only across what, two, three series, that, that's still holding true. And from like my impression of watching him play was like he was genuinely damn good and there were barely any loose balls. Uh, he adjusted his length very quickly and like apart from say Lion, there's nobody else that can share the spin workload with him, right? So uh, he did go for a lot of runs, but seven wickets on debut is very impressive. So for those of us who haven't like heard of him or like have seen him play, right? Even he has limited first class experiences, what I've read. So like Alex, like what can you tell us about him and like about his uh, spell in Nagpur? Oh, I thought he was superb. Uh, he, I mean, his figures ended up taking a bit of a hit because of... 
uh, Muhammad Shami late uh, and Akshar Patel going at him. But before that, he, he was outstanding. And he still only went at 2.63 and over. It's just the fact that he bowled 47 overs in the innings that it meant that he went for 124 runs. But he was phenomenal. And the India players quite clearly... Uh, were troubled by him all the way through, including Rohit Sharma, who played obviously the best innings of the match. It was phenomenal, but Rohit was not able to get down to Murphy. He wasn't really able to get back to him. Uh, he was constantly asked to defend uh, balls that were pitching in line with the stumps, and then the, the old one would slide across and threaten the outside edge. The old one would turn and threaten the front pad, uh, and he obviously took two wickets with, with balls uh, doing that, which was with Ashwin and, and KS Barrett. Um, there's been a lot of talk over the last probably six to eight months that Murphy is emerging as uh, Australia's second best red ball spinner. And he's he obviously outbowled line and looked looked the best spinner in this game. He's only 22. He's only been bowling off spin for six years. He was spotted uh, at a... He's from regional Victoria, uh, born in, uh, I think it's a, in Echuca, which is a, a town a long way away from Melbourne. Um, grew up in Miami, which is not far away from there. And he was spotted by a guy called Craig Howard, who is who has been a spin development coach with Cricket Australia in the past. He's a former Victorian leg spinner. He's currently the Victorian spin coach, and he is also splitting his time between Victoria's men's team and the New Zealand women's team. He's actually at the New Zealand... Uh, he's at the T20 World Cup with New Zealand at the moment, uh, at the Women's World Cup in South Africa, uh, working with Amelia Kerr and also Fran Jonas over there. But, um, yeah, uh, Howard had spotted Murphy uh, at a training session where Howard's son was involved. It was a regional team, and, and Murphy had been bowling medium pace, but he just dabbled in some offspin at the session, and Howard wandered over to the coach and said, ''Who's this kid?'' And uh, the coach told him, well, it's Todd Murphy. And, and he said, why, why does he bowl medium pace? He said, oh, he's only, he's only mucking around with offspin. And, and Howard said, well, Murphy's your best offspinner. You should be developing that guy. So uh, and in the end, that they struck up a relationship and he's coached him ever since. And he's done a power of work through the system, uh, bowling a lot at the National Cricket Centre in Brisbane. They have some red clay, Indian red clay pitches up there. And over winters, he's bowled a lot up there, developing his craft. He played under-19s for Australia at the 2020 World Cup. Uh, but as of only 11 months ago, uh, he was still uh, playing first-grade cricket for St Kilda and had only played one first-class match for Victoria. He was second in line behind John Holland, who uh, Indian fans might know has played a handful of tests for Australia as a left-arm orthodox spinner. But Murphy wasn't in the team as a first-choice player. He played his second first-class match in March of last year and then he went on the Australia Aid Tour to Sri Lanka over the winter last year and bowled superbly over there, learnt a lot about his craft. He said after his five-wicket haul on day two that that tour really gave him the belief that he could bowl against first-class players and, and mix it with test match players. And ever since then, he's been going from strength to strength and he's been bowling superbly in first-class cricket this summer, just gone in Australia. And there was just a lot of talk in the lead-in about the fact that even though he was a right-arm off-spinner, because he's shorter, he's a little bit quicker, he has a lot of side spin on the ball and amazing control, uh, that he was still going to be a better option than Ashton Agar, even though he turned it the same way as Lyon. And that was the debate, really, for the Australian selectors, was do they pick two right-arm off-spinners, both turning the ball into all of India's right-handers, uh, with the exception of Akshar and, and Jadeja? They've got six right-handers in their top eight. Or do they pick the left-arm orthodox who can spin the ball away and threaten both edges? But the numbers just bore out that Murphy against right-handers was so much better than Agar. In the last three years, since 2019, Murphy's averaged 26 and struck at 62 against 
right-handers in first-class cricket. Uh, Agar's averaged over 70 and struck at 170 against right-handers in that time. So it was really a no no contest. Murphy bowled superbly in the camp in Bangalore, uh, and it was a great decision from the selectors to back him in. He was outstanding. And now, you know, they've got some challenges coming up in the next couple of test matches because... Uh, Murphy has to play, um, but they've got to find a way to get some variety into that into that attack because he and Lyon bowling in tandem didn't quite work at times. Murphy uh, actually probably bowled his best and was at his most dangerous when Scott Boland was bowling at the other end, just drying up the runs. He bowled a six-over spell, Boland, three maidens, and, and gave away three singles to Rohit and Ashwin. And in that time, uh, Murphy at the other end took two wickets. He knocked over Ashwin and Pajara. So that pressure from the other end from a quick uh, was able to really give Murphy a chance to, to attack. And that's what Australia are going to have to do is try and find better combinations so that Lyon and Murphy aren't necessarily working in tandem that much so that you know the India batters, particularly their right-handers like uh, Rohit was able to do, or even you know Jadeja and, and Akshay later on are able to settle in against the two off-spinners. But yeah, Murphy's an outstanding story, and he's going to be a, a very, very important player for Australian cricket for a long time. It looks like he seems the heir apparent to Lyon as the the long-term uh, Test first-choice spinner once Lyon finishes. There's news coming in that uh, Swepson won't be in the squad now, and uh, we have. Uh, or Kunuman coming in, right? Yeah. Would you play all three people? You can't drop line. You can't drop Todd Murphy after what he's done. And it looks like a third spinner might help. I wouldn't, but it's a conversation they are having, the Australian selectors. Uh, Andrew McDonald raised the prospect of playing three spinners today. I think the only environment where they could play three spinners is if Cameron Green is fit and available to bowl. And at the moment, it doesn't look like he's going to be right for Delhi. It, he'll be close. He's, he's testing his finger out. Uh, he had an x-ray today. And he had a long hit yesterday in the nets, I think it was. Uh, maybe it was the day before. He, he had two hours worth of batting. But he hasn't faced any fast bowling yet. He's still getting some jarring in that broken finger. It's got uh, a number of pins in his right index finger, actually. His bowling is fine. That's not a problem. He's actually been bowling quite a bit. He's just trying to up his workloads. But Australia need him fully fit with both bat and ball. And if he can play as the second seamer and then... Cummins plays, then that is the opportunity for Australia to play three spinners. But it'll be a huge ask for Kuhneman. He's barely played any first-class cricket, to be honest. I think the game he just played against Victoria might have been one of his first first-class games for the year because he's at the same state as Mitchell Swepson in Queensland. And unfortunately, when Swepson plays for Queensland, when they play at home, he barely gets a bowl because they play on a green seamer at the Gabba and Michael Nisa and Mark Steckity um, and a few others, Xavier Bartlett and, and a couple of other guys, tend to just do the bulk of the bowling and take a stack of wickets and their low-scoring games and the fast bowlers dominate and the leg spinner or the left-arm orthodox in Kuhneman barely get a bowl in those matches. So that's the challenge for Kuhneman is, is he hasn't played a lot of cricket and that was the problem with Swepson. They just, he hadn't played a lot of cricket. It's a similar situation with Agar as well. So um, yeah, I, I doubt they'll play three spinners unless Green is fit. So like just to close out the match, we have to talk about Ravi Chandran Ashwin. Like Karthik, I just want to ask you, is uh, Ravi Chandran Ashwin the best spinner India has since Kumble? <laughs> like we start with that. Since Kumble, for like he's one of he's probably India's greatest test spinner along with Kumble and Jadeja. I expected Ashwin to turn up, but I least expected him to turn up the way he did. I think I think a little bit of it was uh, you know the law of averages because he's bowled really well for a long time. Over the last couple of years, but he's not taken a 5-4 in a while. 
I think his last one was uh, against England in 2021, Ahmedabad. So since then, there hasn't been a fifer, and this is a guy who gets a lot of fifers, and he's kind of due. And every wicket you work really hard for in Test cricket, at least one of those wickets I thought was you know one of the easiest ones he's ever gotten, which was that of uh, Alex Carey, who was just trying to sweep and reverse sweep everything. When you know when when India's spinners were trying to relentlessly attack the stumps. You miss your LBW of bold, and that's what happened to him in both innings. You know, he was due a fifer, and he bowled beautifully, and he got it. We are already seeing slight shades of what happened in the previous uh, Border Gavaskar tour, right? Like you had, so India were hammered, right? Thirty-six all out was like humiliating, and then Kohli goes off on paternity leave, and we have shades of that happening here, even if it's not the same. Like you don't have your captain going back, sure. <laughs> are you saying? Are you saying Mitch, Mitchell's captain is Kohli? I'm. I am saying we have the same thing happening. <laughs> Are Australia going to win in Delhi? Like it's just written in the stars right now that this is going to be Border Gavaskar Trophy Redux from 2021. Where does Australia go from here? And uh, should India thump their chest too much, or is it? Like now, you know what the thump, chest thumping is only for the media and uh, for fans, and like players are just going to like play the game when it comes in. I think Australia has a big challenge on their hands now to try and regroup and find a way for their batters to come up with a method and stick to it. That that'll be the discussion for the Australians over the next twenty four forty eight hours before they head to. Delhi. Uh, they actually wanted to have a, an optional training session today at the VCA Stadium. Uh, they had asked the ground staff at VCA Stadium to leave the centre wicket up and also the nets up so that they could come and train. And there was five players that were going to go and have a hit there at that ground uh, on that fourth day wicket to get a bit of preparation and, and get a feel for how to bat on that on those surfaces that were that they struggled with over the last three days and yet uh, the VCA stadium ground staff have watered both the centre wicket and the and the practice pitches so they're not going to train today unfortunately um, that said uh, yeah Australia's going to have discussions right now about you know trying to find a method and they are worried that they were probably not proactive enough um, Alex Carey was probably the most proactive attempting his sweeps and reverse sweeps as you guys just talked about uh, and it kind of worked in the first innings he played pretty well uh, he got off the mark with a sweep shot and a reverse sweep in both innings off his first ball but having said that he got out uh, trying to reverse sweep twice in both innings from balls off the line of the stumps so um, Steve Smith was reasonably proactive he used his feet to Jadeja and also Akshar to get down the track and hit them over the top which was which was good to see but uh, none of the other guys really were that positive. Uh, Hanscom played well in the first innings, but he was pretty crease-bound and defensive in the way that he played. Marnus Labuschagne actually played probably the best innings of the game for Australia with his 49. He looks superb, actually. Um, but they've got to find a way to be proactive uh, to be able to throw the India bowlers off their lengths, um, to be able to spread the field a little bit more and rotate the strike and create a few more singles, a bit like Rohit was able to do. If they can't do that, then there's just no way back into the series. So that's their biggest challenge. And whether or not they make some personnel changes is a, is a big, big question, whether they take the risk and bring back Travis Head uh, there's some question marks over David Warner's record in India and if they're going to go for the horses course, horses for courses selection then Warner's place really needs to be discussed quite heavily 
Um, but they don't really have a lot of other options. And to throw the baby out with the bathwater after the first game is a big risk as well. If you're going to be consistent and say, look, we, got it, we had our plans, but we just didn't execute, then you need to try the same guys again and give them the opportunity to try again and, and succeed as opposed to going, you know what, we're going to make wholesale changes and, and panic a bit after the first game didn't go, the, didn't go our way. So uh, there's some big, big conversations to happen within the Australian team hotel over the next two days, but uh, they've got to find a way to... to score some runs and keep Jadeja and Akshar and Ashwin especially out as as this series wears on. You mentioned Adelaide and if there's one thing Australia can take out of that is that India didn't worry excessively about their batting after what happened there after 36. You know, they were like it was a mad day and like, you know, on that day like everything, they didn't get beaten, they just kept making everything and uh, this was kind of like that although you could fault their uh, some of their batting choices as well. But uh, I think where Australia lost the test match in Nagpur was in the first innings. Uh, the first innings with bat and with ball and trying to figure out how, how they can stay in the game over the first innings in Delhi. Like, so, so that by the time the third innings begins, you know, they're still in the game. That should be probably like what they uh, focus on the most. And yeah, as for India... Just keep doing what they're doing and uh, they'll have a few selection calls to make if uh, Shreya Sayer uh, is fit again. But uh, like I said, I think if he's fit, he'll be back and if he isn't, they'll probably play the same battle. So like the paddles go beyond that for me, like, or maybe there's one layer beyond that, right? Like Kohli won the toss at Adelaide and went, <laughs> like Cummins has won the toss here. So it's going to be like an incredible series going forward. That's the only thing I can say. Uh, thank you. Uh, Alex and Karthik for uh, reviewing the match and uh, we managed to get a lot to talk about despite it finishing in about three days so hopefully I'll see you guys soon for the next test certainly there's always plenty to talk about when India play Australia (laughs) alright so that's it for Stump Mike this time around Uh, see you after the next test (laughs) 